Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. Score. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next uh, two hours talking sports with you. Appreciate you uh, tuning in here this morning into the afternoon. BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this. Not really guest, but we're going to head down to Dallas at 1125 and listen in to Matt Campbell's press conference as Big 12 Media Days are in their final day and Iowa State uh, gets the podium or Matt Campbell gets the podium. Players are already down there. They've done uh, a number of interviews. Campbell's been through the car wash uh, as uh, most of the coaches already have, but he will be on the podium in the main room. Main room? <laughs> it's AT&T Stadium. It's a pretty big room. It's a pretty big main room, indeed it is. But he'll be in front of the assembled media coming up at 11.25, and we will effort to bring that to you uh, for those of you in your car that don't have an opportunity to hear it on our Cyclone fans or football fans or Anyone, listeners of ours, we'd love to stick around uh, and listen to that. At 12.05, Bama Bob is going to join Trent and I. We'll do some mid-July college football topics. At 12.30, we will head back down to Dallas with our friend Nick Olson from 24-7 Sports. And he will recap with the Iowa State players, what he heard from Matt Campbell, maybe some other nuggets. Uh, We don't want to... Uh, impose on his time as he'll have a lot of writing to do before he gets back on his airplane. But we'll keep him uh, for about uh, 10 minutes or so and get the latest from Nick Oson, who's been in Dallas for the last couple of days. We'll play a soundbite coming up here from uh, Matt Campbell. Uh, it was an on-the-side session. Uh, he was asked about the gambling. We'll get to that in a second. Kind of a different night last night, really different night last night, with absolutely zero baseball to watch. Different, but you know what? Okay. You could have watched baseball. Where? Johnston Valley. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I yeah. guess I could have. Uh, or or had listened the, uh, to your screen. game on the air, but yes. I tuned in and it was already over. It, it was. It was a <laughs> clubbing. Boy, Southeast Polk, uh-huh. they were ready to go last night. What was Urban the final? 16-1? 16-1 in four innings. Mm. Very rare. I get a, every once in a while I get a 10-runner. Not very often I get a 15-runner, but that was the <laughs> case there. Eight different pitchers for Urbandale. And that is the advantage in sub-state play. You get that number one seed. Not only do you take mm-hmm. the sixth seed in the first round, then you get a buy into the championship. So you can throw your ace both times. Nice. Not the case for Urbandale. They had to win a tough one on Monday to just get to the sub-state championship. And they're out of arms. Mm-hmm. And their best player is also at Duke right now in Sam Harris. So that's also a component Oh, that's the kid it. you told me about. That's yes. right. There was an upset by the sounds of things. Huh? I mean, pretty big upset. Yeah, we had some big upsets across the state that were happening. Cedar Falls upended one of the Cedar Rapids schools. We uh, saw Ankeny Centennial uh-huh. go down. Joey Oki had a no-hitter going into the fifth inning. And then they got to him. Wow. Three consecutive hits. Ames puts three on the board. and So they advance. The Little Cyclones are in the state That's baseball great. tournament for the first time since 1995. How awesome is that? Is that? It's been that long? Isn't that crazy? I was oh, a freshman yeah. in high school. There was no sports talk radio in 1995. <laughs> right. It didn't start till 96. <laughs> that is. That's nuts. Yes. That is a good way yeah. to put it. So congratulations to the Little That's Cyclones. That's awesome. Good for, and you're going to do their game next week? Yeah. I'll have all four games on varying different good platforms uh, coming up next Tuesday with the quarterfinal round of the state tournament. It begins with now the number one seed, Johnston was the number three ranked team going into the state tournament, but now they will uh, be the number one seed in the state tournament. They'll kick things off 
starting at, it'll be about 11.30, so I'll be able to do the opening segment with you, okay. and then you'll fly solo from there. That'll be over on 96.9 The Bull. Dowling Catholic against Dallas Center Grimes will be the second game. Southeast also on the Bull. On the Bull. Southeast Polk at 5 o'clock, also on the Bull. They'll be there, and then KASI. Semifinals and championship game, uh, we'll have them here on KX. Good stuff. Well, uh, and then you're off for vacation. And then off to vacation. And back for a couple or three weeks, and boom, <laughs> high school football is upon us. Uh, right like that. Yeah I, yeah, I need to start working on that. I was struggle. just going to ask you, have you started uh, No, no, it's still baseball yet? season. Yes, it is still baseball season. Well, last night I watched um, episode one of Quarterback on Netflix. I've heard a lot about this. Mm-hmm. It's a Peyton Manning uh, production. Okay. Uh, his company, Omaha, whatever it's called. Um, it was Marcus Mariota, Patrick right. Mahomes, uh, and Kurt Cousins and their family or their wives. And uh, in um, Mahomes' case, uh, his daughter, because uh, his wife was still pregnant at the time, at least in episode number one, and Kirk Cousins and and his family. It's um, I, what I what I guess I didn't realize. When it comes to like a um, an online streaming app device, mm-hmm. when episode one comes out, they all come out. <laughs> the whole series is out. Uh-huh. So I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to binge watch it. I watched episode one last night. Okay. Um, you know what? I think that by the time it's over, my kind of gut tells me that people are going to see Kirk Cousins differently. In a, in a better way. In a better way. In a better way. The work that he puts in to his craft, mm-hmm. and he knows. He wears it around. I mean, he knows that um, the, the, his critics are out there. Um, yeah, and just the, the, the whole thing, the home life, uh, Mahomes and uh, him when he got when he got hurt against Jacksonville, the sideline when he's trying, when uh, Andy Reid tells him he's coming out of the game, that <laughs> didn't go over well, going down the tunnel to take the x-rays. I mean, for, for episode. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm into it. It, it, it's going to draw me back, and I'll probably watch episode, I don't know, maybe two and three tonight because there's absolutely nothing on. Mm-hmm. But it was okay to take a night off with Zip. You know, I did see uh, on Twitter some of the footage from the game you mentioned, the Valley Johnston crowd. Yeah. My God. It's big time. It sure was. The Johnston awesome. loves their team. Yes. I uh, talked to one of the Valley parents afterwards, and yeah, it was really good environment. Valley jumped out to a 3 nothing lead, top of the first. Johnston responds with five in the bottom half. Mm. <laughs> you feel like, hey, maybe we got him here. Yeah. And that's what Johnston does. Southeast Polk, they jumped on him right away. Three in each of the first three innings. We mentioned Ames. Didn't hear much about the DCG-Waukee-Northwest game. That was one that I was kind of struggling to find uh, much information on. But state baseball is going to be uh, certainly lit up. Here's something uh, for you. So, Iowa City. Dwayne Banks Field is going through renovation. Yes. Had a listener yesterday when we brought this up. It was yesterday or the It was before. yesterday, yep. What about Fort Dodge? They, Iowa Central, the community college, mm-hmm. they've renovated their ballpark. Yeah. I don't know how big it is, how many people it is. But now, in the past, it used to be softball was one week and then baseball the next. Yeah. And now as they put in this national week off, high school athletes across the country have the week that I take vacation, and vacation becomes a little more expensive now because everybody's <laughs> off that week. But yeah. you're not allowed to have camps. You're not allowed mm-hmm. to have all these different practices, anything like that. It's a week off for everybody across the country. Does everybody adhere to that? They do. This is Good. something from the National Federation that is handed down. It must be done this way. And uh, this is a good. This was oh, yes. a good decision on their part. Oh yeah, you know how stacked Absolutely. up. Absolutely. If you're a, a just a sport from family, one to the next, and a multi-sport family, yeah. there's no time. Football is, into basketball. This into is volleyball. A de- dedicated time that everybody yeah. across the country has to have this week off. There are no camps allowed. Those kind of things, and it's a great thing. It, it really is. But because of that, state baseball had to move up another week. 
So now we have Fort Dodge, obviously, with the softball tournament. What if you put a couple of classes in Fort Dodge at the new Iowa Central Field? They got field turf up there in case rains mm-hmm. come, those kind of things. Wasn't a bad idea. I That was one. Again, I don't know much about the new renovations and what it looks like up there at Iowa Central, but that was a pretty good one as we were kind of trying to think through well, different ballparks. Yeah, and I hope the powers that be are already working on this. Yes. And maybe they've already decided where it's going to be, and they're not going to let us know until right. this year comes to an end. Right. Uh, anyways, good stuff. All yeah, right. And you get the dual fans, too, that are there for softball. And that's a good point. You can catch up baseball. Yeah, good because point. Because that's another thing I've heard from a lot of fan bases. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that love baseball and softball, well... Our team's playing. Mm-hmm. Got to make the decision. Am I going to Iowa City? Am I going to yeah. Fort Dodge? Kind of well, like what the Big 12 basketball tournament is facing yes. when they when they split them up, although it was Chris Williams who asked the question of Yormark when he had his 50-minute um, media appearance yesterday about, you know, what, what what's this going to do? Uh, is there any chance that both tournaments will come back to Kansas City? It sounds like they're working on that. That would be great. I think it would be. I think yes. everybody's happy. Um he was impressed by Kansas City last year. It was his first time experiencing it, and uh, he very quickly realized what it's all about. So, what else did you take away from Yomark? Uh, he was very guarded as opposed yeah. to last year when he was full of piss and vinegar and <laughs> sure. bravado. Um, Eleven months good. on the job will do that. It will, and and you know what? He doesn't need to be that anymore because mm-hmm. now he's getting uh, people are knocking on his door. One would assume. Um, so. You know, he's got a coveted spot. <laughs> you know, from where they were a year ago, the uncertain to where they're at now, Big 12 is in a great spot. A great spot. And you know why? Because there's no heavy head. Mm-hmm. There's there's no Texas. Right. Right? There's nobody that uh, thinks that they're better than anybody else in this conference. There's unity, which goes a long way in keeping this together. They're all nobody similar. wants out. Right, exactly. Yeah. They're cut from the same cloth. Yes. They're, uh, they a lot are. of land-grant schools, Absolutely. a lot of... State schools, mm-hmm. it is just different, and mm-hmm. they're all very similar. Yeah, are there some that have advantages? Yeah, Oklahoma State has an advantage because the money that rolled in from T. Boone Pickens, but it's not that gap. Mm-hmm. It's not in Oklahoma. It's not a Texas. Right. And the power that Texas has wielded for the last 25 years. And let everybody else in the conference know that they're going to wield that power. You know what's crazy? Texas. Texas football is this huge brand. Growing up, for me, my mm-hmm. age range, mm-hmm. Texas wasn't a thing. Well, to be fair, maybe maybe you weren't. Um, you were you were you leaned Big Ten. Did that have anything to do with it? But I still watched plenty of Big mm-hmm. Eight football, mm-hmm. and then as it morphed into the Big Twelve, maybe it was because the Southwest Conference was cratering at that time. Maybe everybody was on probation yeah. outside yeah. of what Rice during a five year period, and kind of and, my and I'm guessing Rice years. wasn't very good. But Texas football, they weren't good. They weren't mm. in the national conversation, and as they built into that. I saw more of it. Wow, look at this. But then you understand and get to know all the advantages that they have. Yeah. I mean, I looked at Texas A&M, certainly during the late 80s and into the 90s. Texas A&M was a lot better program than Texas was. I, I thought it was pretty substantial. And they were in the conversation at least to maybe make a run and to win a national championship. That was never anything I ever thought about about Texas. And now as you get older and you learn about the advantages and yeah. how different it was. But yeah, for people my age range... Texas football didn't have the same cachet. Now, you go back and you weren't watching a lot of college football. When we you didn't get any. We got the Rose Bowl. <laughs> but, right, that was all that you got. But, I mean, Texas during the 60s and 70s, again, completely mm-hmm. different conversation. Yep. But they had some hard times mm. through a long stretch of the 80s and into the 90s where it just wasn't the national brand. It wasn't on par 
of what still people look at Texas football here today. All right, let's hear from Matt Campbell. He was asked, uh, this was an on-the-side session. Uh, you'll recognize Randy Peterson's voice. I'm not sure who else's voice is in it. Uh, it's it's very apparent that that he knows the, the, the players that um, have been um, caught up in this. He has no idea. Well, let's just let you hear it for yourself, and then we'll talk about it. Here's uh, Matt Campbell. Uh, this, I believe, from the Cyclone Fanatic Twitter account. It's about a minute and 40 seconds or so of him talking prior to him taking the podium. Anything to report about anything? Roster? Anything? No, you know, and obviously I'm sure you're implying the gambling situation. But, uh, you know, obviously it continues to be an ongoing investigation and, you know, nothing that we can really comment about. And, um, you know, something we'll deal with as we kind of continue to learn about it and people continue to give us the information. How do you prepare for a season with that hanging over Well, it's so minimalistic in terms of numbers that, um, you know, it's we're all being educated on it. Um, You take it as a learning opportunity uh, with the young men on your team and and you grow forward. You know, so to me, it really hasn't hindered us or really hasn't paused us in any way, shape or form as we continue to build this team. When you start practice in a couple weeks, so the guys that you do know are caught up in it. Do they get reps like they normally would? Do you have to adjust there? How do you approach that? Well, hopefully you, you get a little bit more clarity as we get a little bit closer but um, you know I think you, you you take the information that you have by the time you get to that point of the season and and then you you continue to put the team in the best situation to move itself forward for sure what does clarity look like well I think understanding number one who exactly is involved to what extent is their involvement and then what are the repercussions of that involvement you know and I think those are all things that you know still we don't really know the the whole picture of that and you know as we can Continue to get the clarity of that, um, you know, and you appreciate the thorough, you know, the thorough due diligence of everybody that's involved in this right now. So I, I you know, you want to go by facts, not fiction. Is everybody practicing? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, even the well, we don't have practice yet, but everybody's well, I mean, one, training right now. Yeah, everybody's training. Obviously. It was uh, Matt Campbell from uh, earlier this morning. We're going to hear his entire press conference coming up in about ten minutes. But my takeaway from that soundbite was. Once you get closer to fall camp, how do you handle the reps? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be ultimately, as he said, hopefully they have clarity by that point. And wouldn't that be nice for everybody involved? Yes, absolutely. But whether that happens or not remains to be seen because I'm not sure that their their timeline, meaning the DCI and the Iowa State football program or the Iowa football program's timelines match up. But he's going to have a difficult decision to make, especially when it comes to one position. You know, how do you how do you handle the reps? How, how do you, um, you know, keep everybody happy at the same time if you think you're going to be without the quarterback um, prior to the UNI game? Mm-hmm. You've got to get the next guy ready. And Rocco Becht had very few snaps last year, and J.J. Cole was in high school last year. So it seems to me that the – and he said, you've got to do what's best for your team. Yes. And what's best for your team, if you are still in the great unknown – is because the decision could come at any time in August. Hell, it might come on Friday night before week game one. We don't know. It might not come till week two or three or That's four. That's just it, um, which it's, is awful. Now, we're speaking about rumblings here mm-hmm. and speaking the quarterback position mm-hmm. and Hunter Deckers. Right. A name that's been out there for months now. Forever, yeah. There is continued speculation. Though guys are working out, guys are practicing. Well, they're wor- yeah, they're working out. Working right? out. On their own, right? Unofficial. That... There's more 200 deckers 
that he might not be wearing the Cardinal gold. I heard the same thing said it the other day that um, you know whether how this works out or not. And again, that's just speculation. Yes. Just, what we do know, pretty sure. Uh, that he is one of the names that's been involved in it. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. But Campbell's in a tough spot. Yes. Tough spot. And it's quarterback. And it's quarterback. Right. It's not, well, there is an offensive lineman. I'm not minimizing their uh, contributions to the team. But it's different. It's different. Yes. It's the most important position on the field. I contend in all of sports. It's the most important position in team sports. If it's not, I'd like to know what is. You know, there's five different pitchers. Pitcher every goes every fifth day. So we're hearing that the players, many of them, have lawyered up. Yeah, we're continuing to wait. We have not gotten anything from DCI. Nope. We haven't got anything on that side mm-hmm. of things with the investigation, mm-hmm. which I felt at this point it'd be wrapped up. I did too. Now, also to another piece of this, you and I uh, had Brian Arilco, the director of mm-hmm. gaming for the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission, on our MediaCom show yesterday. And he was only you know, willing to do it if we stayed away from the gap. Because he can't talk about it. Yeah. He just can't. It's an ongoing it's investigation. It's an ongoing investigation. And not one that they initiated. I want to make that very clear. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a, an Iowa racing and gaming um, initiated investigation. They were asked to look into it. They contacted, you, uh, contacted, I'm sure, one of their partners, U.S. Integrity, and looked at, was there anything you know um, out of the ordinary when it comes to betting on any Iowa or Iowa State games? The answer was no. But they also saw a ton of activity around the athletic offices. That's just it. It's, that's where it took another step. The geofencing is able to pinpoint where mm-hmm. these bets are made. It's the same thing that happens in the NFL with all these guys, and you see and you can the track tra- where right. they're making those bets yep. from. When you sign up for these accounts, you're not just mm-hmm. giving them your credit card information or your debit card information. Mm-hmm. You're not just giving them their your social security. You are also saying yes, you can track me, right? Because in order and to yes, make the bet, it is me making these bets, and that's another yeah. part of this. And yes. Travis Hines wrote about this in the Register a couple of weeks ago. Now, um, I'm not sure he was the guy at Drake who seems to be the go-to guy. I think his name is Keith something. Is it Keith Miller? I'm not sure. That's my brother. Um, anyways, but this guy's not no, not, not not no, it's no. different. But um, th- one of the paragraphs, one of the sections of the piece was pertaining to people who signed up that were letting other people use their account, and that proxy I think betting, proxy betting. We got to get our time out because uh, I don't want to be late for Matt Campbell, who's going to take the podium in Dallas. We'll see if any of the national media has this as one of their questions. Uh, we won't see. We'll hear it. But right now, it's time for another thousand dollar home run. And I have no keyword. Uh-oh. I have got, I've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, two sheets. There you go. What is it? The keyword is money. Oh. Money. Well, that's good. Money at KXNO.com. Your chance to win some real money. $1,000 worth. KXNO.com. The keyword money. Money at KXNO.com. It's 1120. Uh, if all things work out, we'll head down to Dallas and we come back and hear from the Iowa State head football coach Matt Campbell. Miller and Condon underway on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106 point baseball life. Hi, Miller and Condon, 1125. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Big 12 media days going on. The players, Jalen Noel, Noel, Bo Frailer, TJ Tampa, Gary Vaughn, all there, as is their head coach, Matt Campbell. Is he ready to go, TC? I believe so. Yeah, we got it queued up. They're playing the fight song here, Side, the cheerleaders. They're hanging out here. 
So we got to play in. We'll see when uh, Campbell starts talking. And it looks like here we go. Welcome back to the 2023 Big 12 Football Media Days presented by Old Trapper. Now on the stage, we have Iowa State coach Matt Campbell. If you have a question, please make sure to raise your hand. We'll start with an opening statement from Coach. Coach? Yeah. Well, I'll start with this. It's just a sincere sense of gratitude um, to be here at Big 12 Media Day. I, I would certainly thank all of you for all you do for the Big 12 Conference and um, you know, certainly our football program. Um, for me, it's also an honor to represent Iowa State University, um, you know, our athletic director our athletic department and certainly our football program. You know, to me, uh, we were able to break, bring four great young men with us here today, uh, two juniors and two seniors that came with us. Our, our two seniors uh, are on the defensive side of the football, uh, two young men that have been just stalwarts of the success in our football program, Gary Vaughn, uh, one of the great leaders and linebackers in the Big 12 and certainly our football program, uh, a guy that's really built his career from the ground up, starting on special teams and then really starting the last three years of Will Linebacker. And then TJ Tampa. And TJ, one of the one of the best young DBs in college football, a guy that uh, his career has just grown and grown and grown over the course of the last, the last four years. So really proud of those guys. And then two juniors that are with us, uh, two young men that, that, in my opinion, stand for the how we do what we do at Iowa State. Uh, they've been three-year starters for us. Jalen Noel at, at, at wide receiver, uh, one of the, the talented, tough character young men in our football program. His leadership has been really special to watch. And then Bo Freeler, our, our starting middle safety, again, a three-year starter for us on the defensive side of the football. And so really proud of those guys. I would just say, uh, from my standpoint, uh, really since December, it's been really fun to be with this football team and watch its growth happen. You know, we've really kind of looked inward after, uh, you know, a tough football season for us a year ago. Uh, that inward look at it, really looking at, at the things that are really important to us when we're at our best, our culture, our process, our people, and certainly our purpose. And I don't know if I could be prouder of our coaching staff and certainly the young men and the growth that we've been able to make over the course of the last six to seven months. So obviously with that said, I'll open up any questions that you have for me. Again, if you have a question, please make sure to raise your hand. We'll go here to center left, third row, if you'll stand and state your name and affiliation. Hey coach, Sean Gerard to CBS Sports, how you doing? I'm great. I'm glad. Uh, Coach, I was wondering if you could give us any update on the gambling investigation and specifically the status of quarterback Hunter Deckers. Yeah, you know, right now for us, that the the that investigation is ongoing, and you know, just uh, continues to you know not really have a lot of clarity to it. Um, but I think we're we're getting closer to getting clarity, and you know, I, I the appreciation that I I've, I have is they've kind of given me the opportunity to be removed from that process and just give me the results once the results come our way. Um, you know, I, I think what I would just say for any of our young men that um, either are or aren't involved in this is it's a great learning lesson. You know, part of what I love about teaching is, you know, you're teaching 18 to 22 year old young men. And, um, you know, there, there's rules and regulations and, you know, we'll kind of learn what happened in that situation here shortly. But, uh, you know, it's a great teaching moment and, you know, how to handle things when it doesn't go well. And then how do you respond from that? So um, once it's time to kind of have clarity to that and, and then respond to that the right way, I know our football team and certainly the young men in our team will do a great job of that. All right, we'll go to the far right in the middle. Coach Jake Hatch from the Locked On Sports Network. Just wanted to ask you, you go to two of the newcomers, Cincinnati and BYU, this year. Your thoughts on them coming into the conference? 
Well, you know, I, I, you, you just talk about both of those institutions and the, the history, the success, um, the excellence that the two brands really, really embody, um, and then two amazing places to go play football. You know, I, I, as a young kid, I always dreamed of, of playing against BYU, and that Provo area is, is something that I grew up watching those games late night on ESPN and, you know, really look forward to the opportunity to go compete there. And, and then obviously being a young man from the state of Ohio and the respect that you've had for the, the history and all the great coaches that have come through the University of Cincinnati and obviously a great relationship with Coach Satterfield and the respect that I have for him. Um, it'll mean a, a great deal for me to be able to go to Nippert Stadium and have the opportunity to compete there as well. So I think a general excitement. Um, we know it'll be a great challenge because of the, the, the quality of coaches and the quality of teams that both of those institutions represent. Um, but I, I've always felt like it's, it's great to compete against the best and you feel like you got two great opponents in both of those programs. We'll go to center and left, second row. Hey, Matt, Colin Wilson with the Action Network. Last year we talked about tight end depth possibly being an issue. There was a drop from 68% of 12 and 13 down to 38%. Yeah. Is the tight is the tight end depth ready to get back up to 68% level of 12 and 13 usage? Yeah, what, what a great comment. And I remember that question. I was probably haunted by that midseason a little bit. But, uh, you know, a little bit of that, honestly, you know, we, we had some really tough injuries. Um, you know, Easton Dean, who was had really come on, for us last year in fall camp was injured and, and really played sparingly for the first 70% of the football season. Um, to get him back was huge. Tyler Moore was a young player that uh, got injured right at the start of camp and really played limited all season. And then Deshaun Hanica really kind of grew as the season went. And so, you know, not, not to make excuses, but those injuries, one thing that the positive about those injuries is it forced a lot of other guys to get on the field and have to play for us. Uh, Steve O'Klotz emerged. Um, you know, obviously Easton was able to fight back. Deshaun Hanukkah really started to play great football the second half of the season. And then you talk about the underswell of youth in our program at that position. I, I would tell you, in my opinion, we are as deep at the tight end position as we've been since we've been at Iowa State. Uh, a lot of credit goes to the recruiting coach Taylor Mauser has done for us. Um, but also I would say the development that that group from the experiences they got a year ago to the opportunity to really grow and develop this offseason, we're, we're really excited about what that group's got the ability to look like. So great question. We'll go to center, right? Coach Matt, um, just a quick question about Ryan Clanton. He's your new offensive line um, coach. Where have you seen the biggest improvement or changes among your offensive line? Or also, where do you foresee the biggest changes being? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think to me, and, and I'll, I'll, let me just say this, we're excited to have Coach Clanton on board. You know, Coach Clanton's got a great history of being a great developer. And I think you, you look at his own collegiate career and his growth process and the success he had as a player to certainly what he's been able to do in Northern, Northern Iowa and the success that he's had in developing great, great offensive lines and great offensive linemen. Um, when, when I look at the growth of our offensive line in general, um, I think one of the big big things was physical growth and development. And I, I think that, that, that group, whether you would say you know, it was process or whether it was youth, 
that group needed to make big strides and big gains this year from a physical growth and development standpoint. And then I think confidence. And I think we know when you're talking about offense and, offense and defensive line play, um, consistency of physical growth and knowing what to do, those are two critical pieces of having confidence as an offensive lineman. So, um, you know, I, I think both with Coach Clanton and then Coach Keggy, our, our strength and conditioning coach, I've really seen great physical growth and development over the course of the last four to five months. And I, I'm really excited. Excited. I, I really feel like we have elite pieces on that offensive line and uh, you know elite young men that have the ability to really raise the level of excellence of our offensive line play. Um, but obviously we have to do it and we have to prove it. So we're really excited about the, the growth opportunities that are available for Coach Clanton in that offensive line. We'll go to the far right, four fro. Please state your name and affiliation. Yeah, Coach, Robert Allen with the Cowboy Radio Network and, and also with Triple Play Sports Radio. You've been known as a developer of players, developed a lot of players, but you're now getting known as a developer of coaches, Nathan Schielhaas, taking over your offense as coordinator. I remember when he was being recruited as a student athlete. Talk about the confidence you have in him and the decision that went into making him your offensive coordinator. Yeah. You must have been really young then, Robert. You know what I mean? Because you, you still look great. We, we you, were all young at one point. Coach. I got you. You're right. You're right. Um, you know, I, I think the the thing that that I love about Nate is is this is Nate obviously a four year starter at Illinois, a guy that that has played the quarterback position. He's been in multiple offensive systems. Uh, went through a lot of offensive coordinators. When we hired Nate, we hired Nate at 25 with very limited coaching experience. Um, but there was something about Nate Shieldhouse to me that was really powerful. And yes, the football piece of it was one, but more than anything was the human. What he stood for, what he believed in leadership and tangibles, and why he was coaching. His why was to make a difference in the lives of 18 to 22 year olds. And to me, Robert, that's what I love. That's my passion about coaching is the wins and losses are great, but developing the human beings is what, what I love most about my job. And Nate has already taken that opportunity, not just to be a great football coach, but to how is he going to develop his staff in this offense and pour into them as human beings, as young men into men. And um, I, I, I think Nate's just got that special quality that draws people to him because he knows who he is. He certainly knows what he stands for. And obviously what he stands for are some of the great beliefs that I believe in. And that's not just developing great football players, but, but developing great men. And Nate's already done a great job of that. Center right, four pro. Coach Jason Watkins, Hall of Fame Media. You've had top 10 defenses pretty much every season. Obviously started off last year, get a win over Iowa, your biggest rival, but stumbled most of the rest of the way. What is it going to take to kind of get to that next level and be competing for that Big 12 championship? Yeah, great question. You know, I, 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 the one thing that I've always said about our program is, and I think you look at our seven, eight years, is, you know, we, we've, we've been worthy to suffer sometimes. And, you know, I think at our place, our, our, our ability and, and hopefully our humility to understand why there have been setbacks and whatever's impeded us has been able to, to dissect that and then come together as one to empower us forward. 
And I think last year, you know, you can you can point to a lot of different things. There were a lot of things we did well, and there were a lot of things we didn't do well. And I, I think all of us, from myself to our assistant coaches to our players, having the humility to see where are our gaps and how do we do a great job of filling in those gaps together, moving ourselves forward, that's critical for us. You know, our, our, our ability to have success at Iowa State is probably different than a lot of places. Um, you know, we've got to go up the rough side of the mountain. You know, there's no easy fix, and we got to win as a team. We, we can't, we're not going to have just human erasers running all over the film. Our team has to play together to win football games. And I think we know that. And, you know, what I've probably been inspired of maybe is about any group that I've ever ever been around since I've been at Iowa State has been the rallying of our football team together to grow forward, to want to take the lessons we learned. And you can say, well, we were a really young football team a year ago. You know, we were the third youngest team in college football. And sometimes we acted like it. Maybe sometimes we coached like it, too. But the ability to learn and grow from, from what, what I saw a year ago and take the positive and the negative and move forward, um, that's, that's really what it's going to take. And we're going to have to win in the margins. We're going to have to, when we're playing at our best, our detail and precision is as good as anybody in college football. And that's what it's going to take for us to have great success. We'll go center right in the back. Coach Lynn Harrington with Stay Alive and Power 5. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. All right. So it's no mystery every year. The defense, you know, Iowa State, John Heacock feels like one of the best units in the country. Can you talk about what John Heacock means to your program and your relationship with him, considering you guys go back to your Toledo days? Yeah. Well, our, our relationship even goes farther back. You know, as, as, as Robert wants to start aging ourselves, I'm going to go back to me as a, as a high school football player. Coach Haycock was the head football coach at Youngstown State. Um, you know, went through a little bit of the recruiting process with Coach Haycock. And, you know, I, I, his family, is his father was an educator in the same area where my father was an educator. And so the, the relationship that, that we have had with the Haycock family and Coach Haycock it dates back to, to a long time. And for me, you know, trust is so critical in this journey, especially in college football. And it's a time that uh, relationships, continuity and trust, it's hard to find that. But for me, that's what John's meant to me. You know, I, a young, young coach, shoot, I'm only 43. I still far from having all the answers. You can imagine what I was at, at 32, 33 years old as a young head football coach. And to have somebody like Coach Haycock come on board who had had head coaching experiences, had been through the highs and the lows that college football can bring, He's been a steadying force every step of the way for me. And, you know, I, I think what's been so rewarding is to watch the success we've been able to have on defense and him get the credit for it. Because I do. I think John's one of the great coaches in college football. Um, what we do on, on defense is not really what's special. How we do what we do on defense is what's made us really special. And, and, and it starts with his leadership. I think it's his humility to, um, man, be a great listener to, the, to myself or our assistant coaches, to have input, um, to have courage enough to stand up and lead the right way. And just like I talked about with Nate, um, that having a real relationship with the players, knowing that these are 18 to 22-year-old young men, our job and responsibility is still to build young men and to be a great teacher of young men. That's really what his greatest gift is. And so, you know, I, I know we wouldn't be where we're at at Iowa State, and I certainly wouldn't be where I'm at without his guidance, his relationship, and certainly his love for our players and our coaches. He's been nothing short of exceptional. 
have time for one final question. We'll go to center left, third row. Randy, excuse me, Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register. Matt, Iowa State's celebrating 100 years of, of Jack Trice. What's that mean to you? What's it mean to your program? Yeah. You know, I, I think for, for us, when I got to Iowa State, Randy, um, you were looking for glimpses of, of, of excellence and just a powerful story to rally around, you know. And I, I don't know if there's a greater trailblazer and a greater man of courage that sticks in the Iowa State uh, University or certainly its football program than what Jack Trice has meant to, you know, college athletics and certainly Iowa State University. You know, as, as all of you, whether you know or not, Jack Trice, uh, you know, this young man at 18 years old leaves Cleveland, Ohio to travel to Ames, Iowa to break the color barrier of student athletes at Iowa State. And the courage and the resolve to make that make that journey um, comes to Iowa State in, in a game in Minnesota loses his life um, after that football game a couple days later. And to me, the spirit, the courage, and just who he was and what what he was able to do for so many after him. Um, it's been a great rallying point for you know our football program to. Tr as we've continued to try to ascend this program to be able to tell this this great man's story to the entire world, and um, it's 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 another opportunity this year with his hundredth anniversary of his his death to be able to tell how important he's been to our university, but also how transformational he's been to so many of our student athletes here at Iowa State. So thank you, thank you for your time, Coach. All right, thank you guys. All right, there's uh, Coach Campbell uh, as he met the uh, media assembled in Dallas at uh, Jerry World for Big 12 Media Day. I'll say this, a lot of interest in Iowa State at this one. You and I have both been to the number oh, of these, yes. and sometimes it's awkward. It is. Anything else Anything for, else for coach? coach? Still have a little bit more time for Coach. And to be fair, there's been plenty of those with Kirk also at Big Ten Media Days. Absolutely. Because Kirk's dry. Yes. You're not going to get a whole lot. Well, it's like two or three, and then the Iowa uh -huh. media feels bad for him and starts asking questions. Well, here's another thing for people maybe outside the media. PD asked a question there at the end. Yeah. But for the most part, they want to get Campbell on the side. Right, as they did with the answer with the Cyclone Fanatic piece that we played from Cyclone Fanatic Twitter. And there's two reasons for it. A... It's questions that are more pertinent to what you're doing on a team basis. These mm -hmm. are more kind of big, bigger questions that you're doing in this kind of press conference environment. So there are different ways that you're kind of doing the job, and, and that's a big part of it. And you don't want to dig too deep into where the rest of the media, the other 13 members, the different schools, and, and just covering the Big 12, they don't care about a backup offensive lineman. Right. You know, those right. kind of things. That's the on-the-side segment. Right. Yeah. Those are the on-the-side where you're right. digging in, you're going deeper into the roster. Or a freshman who you know, lit it up in high school. How much is he going to play? Two things. I was watching it as it was playing here. Yep. You were just listening. Yep. He looks refreshed. He looks... There were times last year that season wore on him. Yeah. You could see it in his face. Mm -hmm. That was a very trying season. A lot of season. close losses. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And a lot of bounces that did not go their mm -hmm. way. Looks refreshed, refreshed, and seems pretty comfortable. There's also times that you see he's not always the most comfortable with the media. He was very comfortable in this kind of environment, both when he was asked the question that we played earlier mm -hmm. about the gambling investigation and here. I think he's confident about this team. I think he believes that there, it was a one-year blip. 
And that's what we have, too. Well, I hope so. Yes. <laughs> I hope so. You know what my takeaway from it was? Um, we have two really appropriately named stadiums in our state. Yeah. Jack Trice mm-hmm. and Kinnick. For what they both mean in entirely different ways, uh, should not be lost on anybody. That's a great point. You know? I love that. Yeah. Take our break. Come back. 1145 Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. On your side. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, 10 minutes before noon. In a couple of weeks, depending on uh, when Kirk Ferentz speaks, if it's from 11 to 1, we will effort to uh, bring that to you as uh, uh, as we possibly can. So Fair and balanced. Fair and balanced. That's what we try to do here, indeed. Uh, I, wanna, I do have a question for you coming up on that. Uh, just back to the Matt Campbell press conference. Mm-hmm. One reporter, the very first question, asked him about Hunter Deckers, yeah. and he didn't answer the question. And mm-hmm. you can understand why. Oh, absolutely. I'm not being critical of him not no. answering the question. Um, he danced around it. Uh, there was a couple of questions asked in the, in the, by the same reporter, and he answered the one he wanted to. So we'll find out. Hopefully, for their sake, they find out before um, fall camp starts. You would hope so. Ready or goodness. not, it's what, three weeks away for the most? What are we, the 13th or 14th? 13th today. So it's got to be like three weeks. We're getting Three close. and a half? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my question to you, um, when, when, we see, when we see now the parameters as far as what the suspensions will be, did Iowa baseball do the right thing? I mean, they didn't know at the time, but knowing, right. I, mean, I get it, it's hindsight, it's easy, right? The Monday morning quarterback this. Um, did they do the right thing? Yeah. That's they had no do. choice? That's what you have to do. You have to sit guys until you find out. Mm-hmm. We saw when Memphis tried to do that and go the other direction, and it blew up in their face. Mm-hmm. And Penny Hardaway now has, what, a suspension in front of him? So, yeah, Rick Heller had to do that. Mm-hmm. And this is, they had to do it. That was something. And there are plenty of circumstances that we're going to learn more and more about, about the investigation right. on the baseball side of things. Yep. And from what I've heard, you know, that threshold, if it's under $200, mm-hmm. it's, you don't even mm-hmm. have to sit out any games. Right. I don't believe any of those guys that were sitting out would be under that $200 oh, threshold. Right? Yeah. Okay. From what I have heard. Yeah, that they would... like to fire a couple of them? Yeah, that, that will be the case. Did it hurt Anthony in the, as far as the Major League draft? Oh, no doubt, yeah. Because he was not drafted. Right. And signed with who, the Phillies as Phillies, a free agent? Yep. Yeah, he absolutely would have been drafted. I mean, yep. this guy, he can swing it. Mm-hmm. Now, position flexibility is why he wouldn't have been even a top five, probably, round pick. But mm-hmm. he would have been, I think, in that 6-10 to 10 range. Okay. Somewhere in there, signability was on his side. Yeah, that definitely impacted him, but he's got a chance. Also, weird thing. Do you remember a few weeks back he was play, playing out in the Cape Cod League? Yes, I do. And then yeah. like two games in, mm-hmm. he got cut. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, it, it didn't. wasn't his first game. Didn't he do a couple of things in his first yeah. game, right? Yeah. And they cut oh. three guys, and that's college baseball that happens in those summer leagues yeah. where guy gets hurt, whatever mm-hmm. it is. You're always filling out the roster. Guys have to leave for different reasons throughout the course of the year, but... It sounded like the Anthony family was not real pleased about that. I guess not. Yeah, I saw on Twitter, I think it was his dad, had some things to say. And frustrations about, because ultimately, all those guys ended up serving, what, a 20-some game suspension? It was pretty steep, Trent. That's why I asked if it was the right thing. And unless you're really firing, and even at that point, if you're over, what is it, $800? Is that the new threshold? Right, it's 30% of the season. 30% of the season. That's a 50-game season. All right, that's... They served more. They did. Than many people, yeah. but 
again, you didn't know at that right, time at the time that the NCAA was yeah. going to come back and you can just say, "All right, Big Ten tournament, they're playing again." Yeah. yeah, we think they served enough because if things didn't change, those guys wouldn't be eligible. Right, those guys wouldn't have been eligible. Period. So mm-hmm. you just couldn't do that. Uh, we we found out yesterday it was after our show who uh, the Iowa football program is taking to Big Ten media days. Mm-hmm. I guess the one. Uh, thing that kind of step, sticks out, but on the on the other, I mean, with Cagney now not being part of it, McNamara not being part of it, um, good. Caping now, and you make yeah, flashbacks really, there. Really. Just knock it off, Miller. Really, <laughs> man, I was going through some uh, BS. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, um, McNamara not going there. I think it was more just staying away from all the Michigan stuff. Yeah, I think that's probably it. That's what the story mm-hmm. would have turned into. That's what all the outside of Iowa media, that's what they would have been asking about is those kind of things. So just staying away from that and going guys that have been a part of the program too. Mm-hmm. That's important still for the mm-hmm. culture of Iowa football is the guys that have put in the work. This, is, this has always been a carrot. We've heard that Kirk has dangled in front of guys. And know? he's got another year of eligibility should he, he choose to take it. And I'm right. guessing if he's, if he's a part of it, he'll be part of it next year. What would you guess? Two years or one year for McNamara? <sighs> two. I think so, too. Yep, I, yeah. I believe that'll be the yep. case. Um, Unless things go incredibly well. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have the arm That's to be an NFL it, quarterback. Trent. I don't think he does. The physical traits are not there. Right, I mean, we've seen a lot of guys that just wow you in college saying, oh my God. And then Now, if he has a successful year at Iowa, after saving Jim Harbaugh's job, mm-hmm. saving maybe Michigan football, at least here in the interim, and then he goes to Iowa, and he saves this offense, and they become competent again. Could a team, again, he's not going to be even a top four round. Sixth, seventh round, guy's a winner. We want to have this kind of guy on a roster. Mm-hmm. He'd be a perfect backup. A team would look at him that way, possibly. But he's going to have to put it together in a big-time way. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to do things that an Iowa quarterback's never done. I thought Ricky Stanzi would play in the league. Well, he got checks in the league for a long time. He got time. checks in the league for a long time and never threw a pass in the what? league. Three years? No, it was longer than was that. Was it longer than yeah, three years? it was longer than that. And Bethard got a little time, but yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought Stanzi, I, I thought he was going to be a good mm-hmm. backup for eight, ten years. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, certainly didn't get that. Bethard has. Yes. Uh, and still does. Yes, he does. Um, yeah, it's I, a good gig. I, I thought Ricky Stanzi was going to play in the league. I wanted to do, uh, of the three that went, Noah Shannon, six-year guy, mm-hmm. stuck around for another season. There's that kind of carrot dangling out. Cooper DeGene, which goes without saying. Right. I think that's the one that everybody right. had on the list, yep. even though he's just a junior. And then you bring in Luke Lachey. Look, if you bring those two def- defensive guys, you got to bring an offensive guy. Yeah. But I would have loved to see Tory Taylor. The Australian. That would have been a perfect opportunity, right? I mean, he's the media a, would have eaten him up. Well, he's in old, a good way. He's an old dude. Yeah, yeah right. He gets right. it. He's a fun interview. Yep, yep. He's Australian. I mean, there's so many different Hunting is winning. Right, exactly. It would fit the yes. Iowa brand to an absolute T. Yes. But he had to bring somebody offensively. And that would mean, all right, we're either going to bring two juniors and Lachey and DeGene and a punter, or do we, we go with the guy that's been here for a while? And another thing, you have to have diversity. Mm-hmm. Iowa football, can I have just brought three white guys? Mm-hmm. You just can't. Nope. With, with what we found out in 2020, mm-hmm. that's also a reality. You just can't do that. Yeah. You can't. And Noah Shannon, it's not saying that he's there because of that. Noah Shannon's there because he's a guy in the program for a long time. And he has been mm-hmm. an impactful player for sure them. He he's going to be a big part of that defensive line again this season. But that is something it's that just, also it's just, has you to know, be there. It just ended that narrative. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, it would have been out there. Yeah, absolutely. But as you said, he's absolutely qualified to be there and should mm-hmm. be there.
All right, hour number two, we're going to talk college football, toss around some July topics with Bama. And so then you, you threw out these topics to us yesterday. Yep. Uh, full disclosure, I was a little busy. Yeah. So I haven't dug real deep into them. So I'm going to be flying off the cuff a little bit more yeah, here, which yeah, is yeah. okay. Now, you like to send Bama and I, during football season, a list of things that there is no chance we ever get to all of them. Right. Of your list today, how deep are we going to get into this? Bama's got the set the over-under at four. Four. Yeah, I think we get through five of them. Get through five? Well, it depends on Bama. You and I will be fine. (laughs) He could get a little long-winded. He's prepared for these things. We need a radio editor for Bama Bob. Is that something that can be done? A hook. Right. Remember the cartoons with the hook? I guess I could just mute his mic. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I don't want to do that to Bama. Uh, But yeah, we'll get through four or five of them. Save a couple of them for his next appearance. That's right. a whole lot more of them coming up here as we get into the month of August. Monday's recapping, Friday's previewing. It is going to be here. I love those times. Before you know it. This time, you're feeling it. And I love this Big 12 moving this up. Yeah, all star break. Mm-hmm. What a great idea! It's perfect. It absolutely. I don't know is. if this is if it's your. I'm convinced the SEC always used to go first. I'm positive oh, yeah. they did. Yes, they were. Yeah, Big Twelve. Now, not always, but for a number of years, for the yes. most part, yes. right? I don't know if this was a your mark looking at the calendar and realizing there's nothing. Mm-hmm. This will get us. We'll be the top of the fold in what used to be the newspaper. That used to be a thing, or the lead story, or one of the first stories on sports. There's nothing to talk about. Um, I guess there's the ESPYs and nobody cares. Miller and Condon, Hour 2 next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.